Warning, the following episode contains spoilers for The Mandalorian Season 2. You have been warned. Go watch more TV. Hello! Welcome to this episode of the Fan Men Podcast. I'm DJ Gove. Chris Davis. Sean Hogarty. It's Sunday. It is. It's the it's the it's Sunday before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, before Christmas 2020, where in a normal year we'd probably be recording a Christmas episode right now. In well, it yeah. But something else vastly you think better than Christmas has happened in the last few days. So uh, something different involving a young child. <laughs> Fuck yes, no, Charlie no, Woods is no shot. I'm talking about Star Wars, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, I thought you said it was something important. Yeah. That's true. So, Mandalorian season two ended. Yes. And just mm. melted everyone's fucking brain. It, it was a solid, right? It wasn't a week petering out of a season. That's for it sure. It was not. It was John Favreau and Dave Filoni, zip, whip, lightsabers on the table. Like, fucking. Don't give up. Like I can't believe they did what they did. So, oh, they, come on! If you're a Star Wars fan, you love a good hallway scene. <laughs> oh no, of course, of course. Um, it's. I mean, I just I don't know. So let's 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 go through the, the season in, in general. So because they they did quite a few fan. Ser- I mean, there was a lot of fan service in this series, right. the season. But I think they did it the right way. It was all so, plot anchored, right? They, they drew a line it. through the stuff. Yeah, right. They earned every drop that they had they didn't just give it to you beginning of season one just so you could see your toys exactly so like the 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 biggest one that was a theme throughout the entire season was obviously boba fett came back right Um, and initially we saw we saw the boba fett armor show up mm -hmm. in the timothy oliphant Mm -hmm. you know town sheriffy character fantastic all a fantastic. Yeah. Justified um, in space, bitch. Yep. But then we did say, uh, what's his name? Tamara Morrison? I forget. Yeah. We saw him show up at, was at the end of that episode, and we argued, well, was it Boba Fett, or is he just a an aged clone? Please refer or, to him by yeah. his proper name, Aquadad. Aquadad. What, what's what's Aquadad? He, he was the dad. It's Aquaman's dad. Oh, He's the White right. House Keeper. That's He's also right. um, Abin Sir, the uh, core member who passes the ring on to Hal Jordan in the uh, Green Lantern movie. Yeah, haven't watched uh. it. <laughs> but yeah, so so you're right. Boba Fett, big theme. Yeah. yeah so the, yeah, and I was psyched that that it was him. Um, me too. And him hooking up with uh, ultimately with uh, Ming Na Wen as a you know as an assassin and Fennec, yeah. Yeah, that was that was well, just, so they put her in the, everything. They yeah. tease this whole thing. Well, they are. They tease this whole thing. The end of last season is that they had the spurs on Boba Fett's boots. So Boba Fett somehow lost all his armor, but kept the boots. Well, that's so. I you know we talked last episode or the one before whether we were going to get any detail there, and I think yeah. Chris, you thought we would. I wasn't sure, um, but. I won't. Yeah. I won't get in the way. Keep going. Yeah. DJ. So I mean, so so say the, so. Boba Fett's obviously one of the one of the Star Wars characters who, I mean, was like almost like cult hero status at one point in time. Now he's one of those popular characters. There, he's right up there with like you know Vader and Chewbacca. I mean, he's probably ahead of Chewbacca. It's probably Vader oh, yeah. than Boba Fett. Yeah. 
So Which is crazy that, when you think of the amount of screen time that he actually has. He's got like yeah. 35 seconds. It's I mean, like, we, it's, we covered that when we went through our lines, yeah. top, it's you know. Nuts. Yep. Uh, so people love Boba Fett, and you know they the way they did it was was kind of cool. I mean, he's got the ship back, you know, he's got part of the armor back, and all of that. And in this last episode, they did a couple of cool things as Boba Fett. Uh, so there's a scene in the last episode where you know there's a bar fight basically between um, Sasha Banks from WWE's Mandalorian mm-hmm. character and Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and Bo Katan played by Katie Sackhoff. She's like, "You're not a fucking man. I've heard that voice a thousand times. You yeah. piece of shit." Was that like, was oh, that was badass. That was a nice callback. Um, cause it's true. And you know, no one in the Clone Wars knew about Boba Fett. They didn't know that he was like an unaltered clone with no programming or nothing. So, so, so that does, I mean, you know, we don't have to talk about it right this minute, but that, that does open some of my questions that this episode brought up as, you know, as somebody who doesn't have a lot of knowledge about that stuff. I've never been fully clear about Boba Fett, right? I remember the Boba Fett, we saw him as a kid, Django Fett's son. Mm-hmm. But is Boba Fett's armor, therefore, it was clone armor that's been painted? It's At which Django point Fett's it's not. Armor. It's Django's armor. But so is Django. Oh, Django was a Mandalorian. Django who was, was a Mandalorian. The source of the clones. He's the Correct. source yep. of the clones. Got it. Okay. So, so now is Boba a clone of Django? Oh, yeah. You, a, you said it. He's a yes, clone. He's an, but he's not an unaltered clone. So genetically, but, right. clone, but without. You know, and probably whatever enhancements as far as like physical attributes they put into him. Right. But none of the like the brainwashing and the programming or the triggers or nothing. Right. But then his armor, the Boba Fett armor, (laughs) is Beskar, while as the clone armor is just Stormtrooper armor. Right. Jedi Stormtrooper armor, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a question that I had, Sean. You brought up the Beskar. So this is something I don't go nearly as deep as DJ in, you know, off movie (laughs) mythos here. When did that come into play? Because that's that's a relatively new thing for the most Beskar of us. stuff. I think they started the Beskar stuff in one of the has to be one of the novels, probably. Yeah, I think it, I think I mentioned one of the novels that they've kicked out of canon. But I think you know when you got into like especially like the Clone Wars, yeah, because we... the last few seasons when they brought in. You know, when Darth Maul had the battalion, they went to Mandalore and Bo Katan, and the Mandalorians to play very heavily. In the end of the Clone Wars series. Okay. So. so yeah, because they so, started I mean, hyping plus, the Beskar leading up to, I mean, you had yeah. two seasons building to this episode. Exactly. Right. And I think also, too, it's just, it's one of those things now where every uh, cool fantasy universe has to have a special medal. Sure. Whether it's adamantium uh, or yeah. Beskar. Vibranium. Or, or, vibranium. Or, yeah. or Unobtainium. Or, yeah, whatever. Mm. Um, so, so this... This episode reminded me, I mean, I know we're looping all around, but the yeah, Darksaber, the Beskar's, you know, one of its unique things is being vulnerable, you know, invulnerable to the Darksaber was interesting to me. So where did the, tell me about where the Darksaber came from in the, so, you know, in the outer ooh, or dark novels saber, or dark whatever. Dark saber. I don't remember if the Darksaber showed up in the novels or not. The mm-hmm. first I remember seeing it was Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And just like they said in the show, it's basically it's like the whoever's the ruler of Mandalore mm-hmm. has it. So whatever tribe or crew in, on Mandalore had the dark saber would be like the ruler of the. Of so all of was the it Bo-Katan's when she we has saw it? it. At one she point had it. Yeah, yeah. But there's also the timeline of when she loses it to Gideon is kind of odd because the other thing too is in the 
Cartoon Rebels, which is four years before New Hope. The Mandalorian mm-hmm. character Sabine Wren has it at one point in time, but I forget how she gets it. It's been a while, but yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It's kind of like you know, like you know, guy with the biggest you know biggest hammer yeah. rules, you know, whatever dwarf kingdom or whatever. So gotcha. Well, it's it's that's very much more like a uh, medieval fantasy kind of arc on that weapon as more as opposed to sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, um, it, it's a it's a cool weapon. It's a just cool give it weapon. back to the chicken man. He should never lose that thing. <laughs> there we go. Well, so, so yeah, Giancarlo Esposito as, uh, you know, Moff Gideon. I mean, I, I've i always, I've loved him since I first saw him in Homicide Life on the Street back in the, I think, early 90s, mid 90s. Super deep cut yeah. show. Very yeah, underrated show. One of my favorite, like, I watched that incessantly every night that it came out. Andre uh, Brower. Yes. Munch. All the way back to like, yep. do the right thing though, right? But I never, I've never seen do the right thing. Oh, okay. really? Oh, so, so literally, I'd never seen him until he showed up, and he was so young and and you know yeah, different than. Right. Yeah. But, but him as like the not the whole bridge scene when uh, when the Mandalorian actually like captures him, defeats him, brings him to the bridge. All this, the knowledge and smarts and deviousness that comes through and everything leading up to it, it's just amazing. He plays the villain so well. Yeah. And that level of snark and taunting mm-hmm. and yeah. just poking and playing them off each other. Even as defeated, he is still playing like he's, oh, you got the saber now, man. And that's- he's playing this game knowing that the end game is to then cover up the blaster that's on the right. ground yeah. for yep. what's coming next. He's- yep. Yeah, he's he perfect that, in that the, role. The um, like the characteristic where he plays these characters that in order for this guy to still be around, you know, he's got to be a son of a bitch, and he just pulls Smart. that off. So, you know, yeah. the only way he can survive, like this, yeah, because he survives by just being a backstabbing piece of shit. Yep, and he just, he pulls that oh, off no very question. well. So we got so much in this episode. There's so, so I mean, in the whole se- season was season. like, it's, yeah, it was like you know f- what, four and a half hours, but there's so much crammed into it. Yeah. So we took they did Boba Fett. Uh, another thing they did was they finally give us the glimpse of um, possible uh, Snoke or Palpatine clones. So, so I, I didn't. You, I captured that in a couple. You of had places. a shot of that earlier yeah. in the season. Yeah, when they destroyed the, you know, when him and uh, Apollo went and destroyed the base, and the guy in the jeans. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and the guy yeah. in the jeans with you know the tag or whatever yeah. he was wearing there. Yeah, you shot shots of. Those clones, um, I don't know how many of them survived. Yeah, and we and we know it seems like none because that's why they needed the kid again, yeah. right? But so, if we're to believe Moff Gideon before he theoretically gave up the kid, they took tons of blood from Grogu. Yeah, right. Did you, go ahead, Chris. You were gonna... see, I I took that more as him sucking Mando in, right. Right, it was a faint. Like, listen, yeah, right. I, I already got what. But I But so, did stuff. they not take blood from him yet? I don't. They definitely took blood from him already. They did in the first pass. I mean, they drained. Then was him. it taken off of? Like, is that why the doctor wasn't on the the cruiser? I because think they were bringing the doctor back. Yeah, so it's yeah. on the ship that's now yeah. not in his control anymore. It's now it's Bo-Katan's ship. Okay. Well, at which where, point the don't they theory. don't have it? Where's the doctor? So you take over the cruiser, the doctor. Gives you the keys yeah, to the kingdom, but he's you don't see him again on Slave One. So he's got to be back on the shuttle. Don't he does? He's, he's not on the shuttle when they. He's probably he's probably locked up on the planet where they uh 
where they picked up Bogotan and Sasha Banks. Oh yeah, but no, he I was on the sh- he was on the ship after. Yeah, he was on when the ship. When they crashed it? When they crashed it? I no, he so. wasn't on there. You don't see him when they crash it, but he was definitely on the ship as they were heading to the Yeah, cruiser. so they, they captured the uh, Boba Fett and Mando and Cara Dune, captured the Imperial shuttle. The two pilots get killed, and then the next shot is Slave 1 at going to get Bo-Katan. So I'm, I'm guessing he's down there somewhere. Walked okay. up, and I'm sure there's like some New Republic like outholders or something like that that Cara walked him up in or something. I'll buy it. I don't know. That sure. works. Sure. Oh, why not? Yeah. So what else did they have in this that was like callback to the old stuff? So you had um you had a lot of X Wings this season. You had the the two the two new X Wing pilots, the scenes with the, the spider from the concept art. The X Wing launch tube. I love the concept of these things are just getting pulled off the rack. Oh, the TIE Fighter launcher? Put, uh the TIE Fighter, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. not the X Wing, the TIE Fighter launcher. As they're just shooting the indi- for the first time, it gives you a clear indication as to why the damn ship would be designed that way. Yeah, it makes perfect sense on once they do it. The thing, exactly. The thing can't independently stand up, but yeah, it fits right down. Yeah, that was awesome. That was gorgeous. And I, I mean, remember even like sequence, reading anything about that in comics or anything. That was like a, it seemed like a yeah. new idea to me. Little aside before we get into more details, can I just say the music in this episode hmm. was pitch perfect. It's polar opposite from what we grew up with the John Williams soaring scores and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, but. Um, when you're Star- powering up the troopers, yeah. and so mm-hmm. you, it's you almost had like a junkie XL or one of those. Yeah. yeah. If you had told me Trent was involved in yeah. doing yeah, this whole thing, bat that, so Atticus, I, yeah, those guys. I can't remember the name. Sense. It's Lewis Grendelson or something. I, I oh, it was, that's it was not awesome. it. But um, no. yeah, one I'll and look it up here. And um, you know, just for Ludwig Gorenson. Ludwig Lud- Ludwig Gorenson. Um, and definitely it's a handle. The thematic, right, I mean, still classical thematic scoring, right? You've got different themes. They're very much not the traditional symphonic things, no. but- But that music so tied to the cutscene yeah. of the power indicator, the steam coming oh, off, yeah. the, troop, yep. the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, they built the anticipation. For a second, you know, can we appreciate the fact that Favreau found a way to retcon, you know, Iron Man armors? <laughs> He's yeah. got the troopers. <laughs> I mean, he basically brought Hammer Tech <laughs> into right. Star so, Wars. So I know there were there have been Dark Troopers in you know previous things, but I don't recall yeah. there had where been Black Storm Troopers. So like in Rogue One, for instance, those are Death Troopers. That's like right. the Death like the Fire That's a Death Squad Troopers. Kind of thing. Yeah. And um, he said the, these were the third generation. Yeah. So no longer humans. Dark Troopers were um, they've been in the video games, they've been in the comics, right. they've been in you know the novels or variations of like. Advanced, like you know, uh, Green Beret kind of stormtroopers. They've done a bunch yeah. of different ones. I did but yeah, have the fact the that they made them robots. Yeah, yeah, better than suit. No man. Yeah, better than. <laughs> I want weakness. my birds. I want so, my birds. So, in terms of um, speaking of the comics, um, where in the timeline was so that first volume of remarvelized uh, Darth Vader a few years back? Where they, you know, Darth Vader three was the first appearance of Doctor Afra, and you yeah. have uh, the the evil C three PO black, you know, like triple zero and and the BB eight, yeah, yeah. you know, I forget mm-hmm. their names, but 
where are those in timeline to this? And do you I think we're going to see that sort of no, content at I, some point? I think the Vader comic stuff, I, I, I might be wrong because I punt down the Star Wars comics. Cause I read it so, all. I just can't there remember. There's so many covers. Yeah, it was a I, while like, I think that's all like um, pre even New Hope. That's all like hunting down the remainder of the Jedi Order kind of stuff, I believe. Yeah, except I remember. Or at least a chunk Leah, of it, I think, is, is all post I remember post-episode Leah being three. in it. Like, oh, really? I thought there was, yeah, I thought Luke and, uh, I, mean, I, I honestly They forget. did the Star Wars one, they did the Vader one, Darth Maul had a Mace Windu, I mean, they started yeah. just going comic book nuts when yeah. they bought this thing, which I'm hoping, I, I got like, pissed off and just I punched. thought, I have a huge collection of the, that Star Wars run and the related stuff. I'm I hoping this, yeah, this drives interest and value back up, because yeah. I, you know, I'm, I want to get rid Please, of Please, because I'm pretty sure I bought every first cover. Remember when the yeah. hall had that massive package? <laughs> yeah. I think I bought I have, all the first time. I When they relaunched. There was like a hundred covers for that first uh, issue. I was like, mm. It was insane. And I think ultimately no it's no more, and I literally have about a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a massive amount that's sitting in storage here. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's see. What else did they do? So they had, um, obviously, every, almost every character from season one came back, except for, I don't think Werner Hershog came back. Right. Um, IG-11, obviously- perished in the first season um yep. mm-hmm. but you, you know you had cardoon apollo came back mm-hmm. um harisha sands came back bill burr bill um, burr i mean we bill burr had an awesome last arc time. in I, this season yeah. is he still I, alive yeah he is oh that's yeah, right they, they left him yeah they let him go so didn't we think he's dead that, on paper right he's dead on paper but they let him go and wasn't there a sense that that was going to come back to bite them in the ass that was my feeling. It could. It could, but he isn't, I mean, they, he seems to want to be kind of low-key, so I mean, yeah. I'm sure they'll grab him. Yeah, they just, turn, they just turned a blind eye to it. My sense was go. that I, and it could just be me imagining, but I thought I caught a sense that he was leaving with knowledge of value and had shown himself to be a person that would use what he had for his own survival or, I mean, or enrichment. Maybe. So we'll we'll see. I I don't Maybe. think we've seen the last of him. Just oh no. So no. that's my no. sense. Which by the way, how awesome was it that Favreau basically just wiped his ass with the whole notion that every imperial has a British accent? <laughs> it's it's it, like I mean it's 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 canon, right? I mean he's from I mean because yeah. it, it's the funny thing it wasn't like Bill Burr being like like a thespian and playing a character. It was just Bill Burr in an, a thing like he's driving the well, tank. He's Bill like, Burr in space. Yeah, he's like he's, he's got to blow up. I'm not going. And any that faster. was that was never a conscious decision. That was more a byproduct of the fact that they filmed over at Pinewood. They were in the UK filming. Yeah. Oh yeah, so all the extras no, they could get. But it became a thing, you know. It became oh, yeah. a thing. Even the cartoons, everything. And oh, I saw it's funny. Yeah, I we love Bill- English accented villains. Absolutely. Oh, of course. Yeah. But now like, well, I want like I want a retro it. Yes. I want yep. I want Bill Burr to say Darth Vader. <laughs> Darth Vader. Darth Only Vader. you could be so bold. People in the Empire <laughs> via Southie. <laughs> uh, Sweet. That opens yeah, up like so- cameos from the cast of Goodwill Hunting, right? I know. It yeah. It does. No, my cousin Sully was anytime. on the Death Star. It's not your fault. <laughs> um, not your fault. Um, yeah. The uh, so what else? I mean, we covered so much of the you know every other bit of the season in our previous episode. This this wrap dive up, right into this guy. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So okay, so there's this you know the the 
the season ends where so you have um Dindrogen he Mando. We'll, we'll go with that name. Mando uh Wait, pulls, what where'd you get that name? Did that's we his know name, that? Dindrogen. Yeah, they said where it did we earlier in the series. Oh, I didn't I don't remember that. I forgot it. It's easier um, to call him Mando. Yeah, it's easier yeah. to call him Mando. So on so they, they get on Gideon's uh light cruiser, which is a gorgeous ship. Yeah. The design of it's gorgeous. Um, and he's going to get Grogu. Uh, all the all the uh, women go to go on like a terror to take out the drone troopers, which was awesome. Oh, you yeah. Cara Dune with the big heavy repeater just ripping shit apart. Oh, yeah. There's one scene where, and obviously I love Cara Dune anyway. I love Gina Carano. Yeah. But there's a scene where the four of them are walking, Bo-Katan and Sasha Banks jump off with their jetpacks. Oh, that was beautiful. Panic that was the and best Cara scene come in- back. Yeah. Love they it. get surrounded by stormtroopers, and the two Mandalorians come up off the sides of the bridge with the jetpacks and just yeah. mow them down. Yep. So I mean, just like the thought process to even just like something simple like the gun, the gunfights, like you know, Chris, everyone's a good hallway fight. It's just everything's just thought out so well. Like everything has not like a purpose, but just a little bit of extra yeah. than what we're used to. Well, I I think one. So Chris, you were going to say something. Say so, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say this is. Sometimes we rail against the. Force diversity. You had a scene where your entire boarding party, your attack squad, yeah. is four diverse women. Nobody bad an eyelash because you earned it. It made well, sense. Honestly, until DJ just said it, it didn't occur to me to think of it that way. Right? I it actually was just, said it to Heather. Those characters went that way, and yeah, it's, right. Yeah. Oh, I well, definitely took note of it, but you don't think of it as they were jamming it down your throat because each yeah. one of those characters on their own had a purpose in the larger storyline. Right. So it made exactly. sense for those four characters. Yeah. It wasn't. Like we joked about it at the time, for as beautiful as Endgame was. Oh yeah, it was. It I was didn't forced. need yeah. the two-page splash panel of right. all of them of flying just, in the frame at once. You know, hey, two look, dozen women. we have a, yeah, exactly. we have oh, a lot of the, women characters. The Spice too. Girl shot. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what it, it felt just like, seemed right? too forced. This didn't yeah. feel yeah. that way at all. Well, the well, fact because, that I literally didn't notice it, I think, backs up what you're saying because <laughs> or yeah. my stupidity I, well because you're showing like yeah. you know you're so engaged with all the characters so i mean yeah. sasha banks is probably the least of all but so bo-katan has a huge fall i mean a it's Kay sackoff from battlestar and she's yes. a very big in the sci-fi realm she's a she's a uh very big fan favorite yeah but also that character um you know because the people who like the man like the mandalorian war really do and people love the bo-katan character so you had that Gina Carano's already kind of she's made her mark on the show already. You've you've mm-hmm. seen the Cara Dune character do some stuff, and this was a different thing. You've never seen a Star Wars character in like a live action anything pick up a gun that size. They always have these little these little yeah. blasters. That thing was a tank. So you had that Chris, as Chris said, Ming No One should be in everything. I mean, it's Mulan yeah. for Christ's sakes. To be fair, when you put Gina with those three, Gina looks like a tank. Oh my she's god, she's so she built. Huge. She's massive. She looks massive compared to. I mean, Sasha's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she is minuscule. So I mean, Katie's the same way. It's you had three yeah. very diminutive women, and then it just made you. And Gina's not huge, but putting her with them, Real it yeah. fit the overall image that you were looking for there. So, so one of the things that that came to mind when you were talking about the orchestration of those battles and that particular scene mm-hmm. um, that I still come back to is really interesting in this overall quality program. I think. Obviously, the combination of where effects have gotten and the Disney budgeting behind the production, giving you this overall movie level, you know, production is huge. But I think the choice to do these as 
for the most part, half hour episodes is really interesting and I think is a big piece of why it's so impactful, right? These, it's so easy to consume, right? It's less commitment. It's less suspension of the each arc in your head, right? You don't have to pay attention for quite as long. So they pack in this incredibly high quality, relatively well orchestrated, not too subtle, right? There's a, not a lot of depth and, and character, you know, internal drama. I mean, there is bits of it, but it's really relatively straightforward. And, you know, it goes back to what Lucas started with in many ways. It's this serialized, right? These little bits of, you know, which is really what you experienced in the movie theaters of old, right? You didn't get a serial that was 90 minutes long. You got a serial 10 minutes at a time, you know, over weeks and months. That's what this feels like. And I think I think it's a special combo that just has such impact. And I'm interested to see if they break away from that in other in these other series to come. And I'm interested to see whether they can be as successful. I think they will, but it's interesting. Oh, I, I think they will too. I think they approach it much like you were saying, Sean. They, they're filming it as if it was one long movie. That's right. the thought part. This is one story. Yeah. And then yeah. we're just breaking it out into digestible chunks. So they don't have to rush or force right. anything. Yeah. And actually, they, I, it's, I think it's a Disney mantra. Feige actually called it out in his announcement hmm. that um, it was, which show was he talking about? Oh, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. He said it. This is an MCU movie broken into six parts. Yep. Right. We're just giving you chapter. Right. We created one long five and a half, six hour movie. Right. We're giving you, but then you can structure you it, right? The ability to structure in those bites is, is a gift. I believe it forces efficiency of storytelling. It forces you to think about ordering of the serial parts. It allows you to do stuff like the Ahsoka episode that is so off to the side. We didn't bring up both, Ahsoka. Right. Yeah. Visually and character wise, that was an aside that's certainly on the through line was such a nice little bite and didn't have to be, you know, this jarring thing in the middle of a movie where you go off to the side. Instead, it just was. True. It's one thing that I think really helps is you have one person with full creative control. Yes. It's not one person launched the series and wrote a few episodes, how it usually is in a show. Yep. This is Favreau's world. There are other people coming in. Filoni's coming in. Peyton Reed coming in, doing episodes. Um, you know, Baby Richie Cunningham there did a couple, but <laughs> it's this is Favreau at the end of each episode, written by John Favreau, created by John yeah. Favreau. This is yeah. his story arc, his outline that he's carrying through. Yeah. So I think I think it makes it easier when it's that one voice to break it into those chunks, and then you bring in yeah. a Filoni or somebody, you bring in the talent to okay, add flavor to this piece. Yeah, like yeah figure heart. out the mythos for this and timeline this. Okay. Well, also the like- committee and the suits out of it, outside of enabling that to happen, that's key. Yeah. And I think also with that, you end up with, they can do that because like you said, this is just like a five hour movie cut into parts. This isn't, they're not trying to do like a season of Game of Thrones where they're trying to right. do 13 hours or they're trying to- Where you're going to have two Network television, episodes. 22 right. episodes of Flash or whatever. You know what- you can't, that- you can't Game, get someone for that long, you know? Game of like, Thrones is ultimately a gift, even as much as it was a gut stab, yeah. because it it should put fear into showrunners and studios, right? 
that that cash cow was killed yep. for no good reason, right? As much as you need to enable artists, they milked it you one also, too long. Yeah. Well, yeah. they 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 let the the showrunners lose focus. They let the showrunners lose their heart and engagement for the, and and you need to as much as you need to stay out of micromanaging, you need to ensure from the outside that the right ingredients are in place that drive you to making your audience happy, which yeah. keeps and that role. Everything that made that show great is eventually what led to its downfall. Yeah. It's, yeah. you can't have episodes. It's kind of like the Heroes Corollary. Remember how good the first season of Heroes was? I never saw every it. every week, yeah. oh, it was amazing. It was everything before any of these movies or anything. It was everything yeah. you always wanted in a comic show. You had no idea who these characters were, but every week was a high point, high point, high point. The same thing. You can't have episodes like The Red Wedding and kill off every fan favorite. Eventually, you run out of pops. Or they just don't have the same meaning that they did earlier in the run. And yeah. then it's eventually going to peter out, you know? It's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, that's why these small bite sizes in a larger universe that has almost infinite depth and variability, you can, right? And, and in time, I love that they're able to step back, do flashbacks, or step back into a separate timeline or whatever, and fill in, you know, it's all just human storytelling, but building within this structure is such a nice multi-level, like you just want to, you want to live there. You're willing yeah, to take it, it, right? Whatever comes. It's the kind of thing that separates Disney from any of these other streamers too. They saw where the puck was going and bought and, two and worlds. Cash. Yes. Yeah. But when you look at the investment. Yeah. Four billion or five billion for Marvel, four billion for Star Wars. Yep. It means absolutely they nothing. They need back lunch boxes. They made back the Star Wars money before the first yeah. movie came out. Yeah. But you can't, you can only get there if you put yourself in a position where you can pull, you know, that many figures of, uh, of cash or leverage into place, right? I mean, well, you know, Netflix, that's a decade. Netflix of pulls the money. Yeah. But they don't, Netflix has been chasing their own IP. Yeah. And you can create original content Straight once you own the characters. You don't right. need something wholly original. It's hard to market, yeah. which is why Disney you keep has such infrastructure, right? Parks, networks. Um, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, it's easy to monetize. I could, yeah, so, so I could they, model this out in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. and the, and so those investments, even as large as they are, like you said, they're kind for, of sure things. Yeah, yeah. Justification but also, for four billion—that's easy with them. Yeah. I justify exactly. it all the time. I just can't execute it. No, with with them and the infrastructure they yeah. have in place, you're right. That wasn't a hard discussion or a yeah. tough sell for any lender. Yeah, yeah. which well, is plus strange like, to say. I mean, mm -hmm. on top of even just like having the 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 structure and the IP and everything, the thing with the shows is that I think this show is so good. Not just because it's a Star Wars show, it would be very easy to take a Star Wars show and and ruin it. Mm -hmm. It's they did something like unlike Game of Thrones, right? So say. You know, a game. We'll just use Game of Thrones as the example. So, Game of Thrones is thirteen hours long per season. We'll say, yeah, more or less. Mando's four and a half. Yeah, they tell the story without really rushing or forcing too many plot points. Yeah. Yeah. But also, they don't have that extra eight hours where they have to. You know, if you yep. notice the show, he doesn't have like. There's no like like uh, default love interest character or yep. any of this other stuff that that fuck yep. Game of Thrones up. Yeah. You know, well, it's that focus. I think well, you get yeah, that it's through that choice. Fuck it. Small episodes and fewer episodes. Yeah. 
just it, to the point. Just this is what we want to do. Go go do it. You know, it's also uh, it, art. It right? comes it, back to the creator control, like you said. Yeah. It's and the hands on. I think back to the Sopranos. Sopranos never went more than seven or eight episodes because every time HBO pushed, David Chase said, "Fuck you." This yeah. is the story I have, this and you is know what? The story. Yeah. No, I'm not ready to do one this year, so it's going to be 18 months in between seasons. <laughs> when the story's ready, the story's ready, and right. we'll get to that next season. Yep. Story's it's, everything. HBO had the playbook. <laughs> HBO knew how to do this and still yeah. let it go off the rails with Game of Thrones. Yeah. By Chris, I say the show didn't have any Cheffa. No Cheffa. Well, it was yeah. all. Yeah. It's, well, it's, uh... hold on. There was some Cheffa. It was, sure. thankfully, the Ahsoka episode and everything ramped at the end. Because you were getting dangerously close to the, um, Manda goes to see a guy, talks yeah. to somebody, he has to help somebody, and then say, you know, the guy you need to talk to? Is this He's one. over yeah. here. Yeah. Next episode, go talk to the other guy. Yeah. There was a lot of the, um, it was your law and order. It was the guy who leads yeah. you yeah. to the guy who leads you to the bad guy. Which it, is was da- it was teetering. That's, but that's structure. The fact that they stretch that structure into a short season versus law and order that structure is the episode and then you're you're generally cut free the next episode if you miss the last one almost yeah, has zero almost impact always just right matter, yeah. whereas this one those little the formula goes across the season it's definitely mm-hmm. repetitive but but it's okay right it doesn't have to be deep and perfect it has to be satisfying and digestible and exciting and it is right yeah. If the season went on a little longer, I think people would have gotten frustrated waiting for the payoff. Yeah. Yes. You can't you can't play that off in a ten or twelve episode season. No, it would have been one too many guys. Is... Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so we've we've danced around one of the key right yeah. right, talking about where we're left as an yeah. audience so, by this season and episode. Hit on that. Y- okay. So Mando so the the Dark Trooper wrote uh basically the he- which are basically heavy battle droids from the prequels. Right. Um the same heavy battle droids that took out mando's parents too so it's kind of like a little foreshadowing kind of mm-hmm. okay he goes up against so they start to their bay opens he has to be there one gets loose before he's able to close the bay so he fights one yeah he fights yep. one uh dark trooper and right. the thing for the most part crushes, crushes his fucking skull him, yeah. it fucks yeah. him up so bad yeah he, if it he, weren't you know, for beskar yeah if it wasn't for the armor right. he'd be a yeah. puddle mm-hmm. right um, I mean, that the fact that the helmet ostensibly took Five Took those beatings as he was getting his, into shots. The wall. Honestly, yeah. without really getting scratched for the most part. Yeah. I mean, you've you've got your, you know, super metal right there. I exactly. mean, structurally that that's insanity. Yeah. So he's able to pull um basically pull like the ejector hatch in the back of their bay and they all go flying out into yeah. space. And you think Which oh, you well, knew that's... was gonna no, that was a bad idea. I mean, it I, was fine I, at the moment. Honestly, yeah. I forgot all about like, oh, they're gone. I didn't. Okay. That no, I, I knew exactly oh. what so was going to happen. They get up. So they're it's up on Iron the bridge. Man, armor, man. They can fly. I they're, know. I, I, they're you literally saw them deployed land, You saw them that, fly down. Right? The previous I was episode. so waiting for something else to happen. So. No. So anyway, so the the episode, the, the last, you know, act three of the episode in the, the series, the season is they're all on the bridge of Gideon's ship. They have Gideon in cuffs. And all of a sudden you hear, you know, something and it's like there's yeah something just breached through the uh like the the force field bay yep and uh like how many life forms none and all of a sudden you see all the dark troopers like chris at a hammer technology in it (laughs) Um, yes there's a dance sequence coming up the whole thing yeah exactly (laughs) in the hallway (laughs) 
Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, yeah, it was Seen a Daft Punk performing video. thriller. Um, yeah. yeah. So you have basically uh, three or four dozen dark troopers, like a full battalion of dark troopers back mm-hmm. on the ship, making their way towards the bridge. They close the blast doors, and these things just start punching the ever-loving fuck out of the blast door base. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're dangerously close to coming through. Open, so open, and, mm-hmm. and if they get those doors open, no matter how badass yeah. all these characters are, they're they're done. They're well, fucked. Moff, in Moff, the words uh, of a what's wise his name? Man. Yeah, right. He says, "After you, a you're all going stand, to die." Except he's like, me yeah. and the child. Everyone he's in like, this room will pr- be yeah. dead except for me." Yeah, and I like that he says that he acknowledges, like you know, he's like, "You guys have an oppressive, impressive little you know group of dum dumb screwed, here, but yeah. it don't matter." There was this subtle uh, thing when he said it. It's almost like he propped himself up a little further on the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you could see though, the smirk on his face. Though that sets up the fear oh, on his man. face. Yeah. When what oh, yeah. you're talking about happening happens. Yeah. So beep, 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 oh, something's coming. Confidence. Yep. Yeah. So oh uh there's there's an incoming ship on the radar. Mm-hmm. And you see behind Cara Dune a lone X Wing. Yeah. So land. initially Great. I'm thinking help. <laughs> oh, because we've We're seen X Wings as you know, as I thought it was Re- the New Republic cops Asian guy. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I was like, there's no way I saw it and I'm like, no. there's no way. There's no way it's gonna happen. And then you saw, and then you see the hood we, on the like, security cameras. We cameras, talked and you're like, about it last week. Then you see the no green way. lightsaber. It makes sense in the timeline. When yep. you see the green lightsaber, like Athena, poor my poor daughter. She's in the, you know, she had friends coming over, so she's in the kitchen making a cake, and she got earbuds in, and she just hears me scream and jump up and down the living room as loud as I can, as you know. And she watches, like, what the hell's going on? And she's like, oh. Oh, see, and she, I, I shouted. When you saw I the shouted ship, aloud. Yeah, I yelled out. I, I, There's no way it could be anybody else. I, I didn't. I got I quiet edge of my seat. My mind. I'm I'm doing. You know, I'm kind of my hands are clasped. I'm tense as hell. Um, and it's it's Luke. It's Luke Skywalker. Yep, Luke Skywalker. So you don't. Up. You don't. The best I mean, version of that, Luke Skywalker. That's certainly what you it's expect. A, as but as they don't the gr- show you the face until no, he gets into the, the green, bridge. You see green see, blade, black right. gloved hand. It's you see, yeah. yeah. You yeah. saw the robe, the whole thing. Um, and, the gloved hand and, was the first thing. As soon as you saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's the tell. And for anyone who is unfortunate enough to listen to all of our episodes, you, <laughs> <laughs> you remember when we talked about The Last Jedi back yeah. in the day, the one thing that really ruined that movie for me is I never got to see from be, you know reading all the yeah. extra material I never actually have seen Jedi Master Luke Skywalker do anything. Right. We well, we Jedi left Master Luke Skywalker on Endor. ran the right. show. Yeah. Oh my god! It was just like it was. Even though it wasn't Mark Hamill, still where it kind of was, yeah. but it was a different guy because of the it stunts was, and yeah. stuff. But it was different body, but it was Mark's voice. Yeah. Um. It was just he just he's got the big hood on. And he just like very methodically just goes. Slice, dice, slice, dice, slice. I'm still rocking that oversized Texas that. belt buckle too, which I liked. Yep, <laughs> okay. I the belt buckle. Bit, yeah, I was a bit surprised at the quality of the face. Still, wasn't what I hoped. No, like, it was that threw me the second time around. Not as much. Yeah. You're so enthralled with holy shit, he's back. Yeah, it was when I, I went back for the shit. rewatch. I, it could have been it, he could have had on a fucking Cooper Luke Skywalker mask from the seventies. I wouldn't have gave a fuck. <laughs> I was too big. I couldn't see anyway because my eyes were so watery. Because I was literally standing yeah. in my living room, hyperventilating, yeah. crying. So, two hundred forty so, pound grown man yeah. crying in his living room because I Luke Skywalker's a, back. I was a bit teary, 
but no, I was like a, an emotional that, I didn't, mess. Not thing that, that led it me to losing until, it. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until the goodbye yeah. that oh, I the teared up a hurt little too. bit. The goodbye hurt too. Yeah, I was uh, I was crying with the goodbye, but I don't know why I was shocked by the Mandalorian lifting his helmet. That I you already I should have expected last week. Yeah, right. But that, yeah. but it's but we saw it. Bill Burr saw it, and everybody else that saw it was dead. I and it was yeah. such an aberration and a thing to him for him to choose to do it rather than that was kind of a thing where he in order to to oh, see, get through what they were that. he had to do it. Yeah, yeah. You had here to he have did not have face. to do it. Right. It was a it was a choice that was clearly his heart. Right. He yes. made a choice independent of his, you know, it fit in with what Bill Burr said leading yeah, into it. Yeah, it was very much a, right? it was like yeah, uh, no, very I think much it was Logan X-23 from the to, end of Logan, kind of. Mm-hmm. I think he had to do it in this episode. I expected him to yeah. do it because yeah, without it, you, then you kind of blow off the relationship between him and the child. It's, so did we see it meant him something speak? to a certain level. In the, in the Bill Burr last episode, did we see him speak with his helmet off? No. No, Never. right? This time, seeing yeah. his face speak, the voice that we've known for two seasons, and speaking it to the kid was <laughs> destroyed. No, very huge emotional yeah. payoff. It, it was it was good. Um, I would say it was the most heartfelt thing you saw yeah. until the next thing happened. <laughs> the second time I started crying even more is you hear beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, and fucking yes. R2 comes rolling out. And you got little baby Yoda wandered waddled over to R2. Yeah. And I lost it again. And could understand him apparently. So, like they had a conversation. It's cute cute robot, cute alien. Yeah. Well, R2, they kinda I'm gonna steal this right from Fat Man Beyond last night. They basically said it. Baby Yoda was this arc's R2. That's yeah. the cute little yep. thing that kind of yep. sucked people in. I mean, it's didn't really say much, didn't really do much, just sat there and looked cute and make beep boop noises sometimes. Or yep. durr, 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 you know, that kind but of thing. Boy plays worked. with balls. It, it does. It worked. Did it work, man? I kind of, I half expected, I'm glad I didn't see, I half expected R2 to like open his chest and there'd be a little, you know, throne for the baby to sit in and whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh that would have been too much. <laughs> I know, I agree. No, remember R2 hates that race because him and Yoda used to fight him on Dagobah battled, all the time. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I don't think that. he was saying hi. I think he's like, there's another one. Kill it. Kill it. I, I, I thought Archer was going to zap him. I fucking swear to God I did. What the fuck, Master Luke, this thing? Hey, know, you don't see, but, um, it's nice that you saw R2 all cleaned up and nice yeah. and relatively new, not beating yep. down R2 in the back of the warehouse. Right. I so, s- go ahead. still can't believe that they, like, honestly, as much as I, I knew the stuff was around it, and like you said, they brought in the Ahsoka mm-hmm. and they brought in, you know, some other uh, little parts of stuff that harken back to some stuff in Empire and the Walkers and stuff. I honestly did not think they would touch the big three at all in this series. I did not expect it at all. So Luke, well, you think it makes the most sense? Yeah. Never did I expect, I figured the rules would be like, we, you can do whatever you want no. around him, but you can't touch him. We talked about it a little bit previously when we were throwing Luke out as a possibility. Yeah. The big yeah. three was only off limits until the Skywalker saga was done. Right. Until yeah. JJ now was done with the yeah. characters, then they were fair game. And they and they were always very careful in saying because this now you look at Hamill's feed. This was yep. taped a year ago. They kept this under wraps for a full year. Got so it. they were always very careful, and that would have tied right back into when the last one was mm-hmm. that you know, JJ's playing with those characters now. That's that's yeah. his thing to do so, now. And they were always very careful in the wording. 
I'm I'm yeah. very interested. Like the context for this was set so many ways. Certainly, you have Rogue One, which was you know kind of a Star Wars Elseworlds or at least parallel thing that then they so cleanly linked up to canon, right? Yeah. So so this was very much that same sort of thing. But you also have seen just cultural and production lessons in this with Deadpool and X Men and the Marvel Universe and uh, Gotham, you know, and Flash. And uh, Supergirl and stuff, right? How the storytellers have been limited by avoiding the tent poles. Here, yes. Disney, to Chris's earlier point, Disney has bought en masse all this stuff all and they have the power to do whatever the hell they want. So, yes, there are technical difficulties because of the age or the death of the actor, stuff like that. But the fact is, those are things that can be surmounted by recasting or effects or, or just choosing to do it. Mm -hmm. And so this much more than Boba Fett, this was, you know, laying it down and saying, we're going to do whatever we want within the universe. And it's not just in the outer rim, you know, rim, it is whatever the hell we want around these characters. We're telling you those stories. Well, yeah. And now, you know, they announced these 10 new shows and now they bring in Luke Skywalker. So now it's like the gloves are off. It's all fucking on the table. It's yeah. like, I mean, who's to say that like, you know, one of these shows, like say, we'll say the Rangers of the New Republic show, right? Yeah. That, or uh, that no one really knows. They didn't say anything about it. Right. Maybe that's a MacGuffin title. And that show is going to be yep. Jedi Academy. And it's going to be Luke Skywalker. Yep. They'll bring in Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker. Yep. And it'll be fucking mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker training fucking Baby Yoda. That would be awesome. You don't know. I mean, it's it's all the things you love are are there. Right. All your toys are alive. So that that brings us. Think to about this. this. Yeah. Go why ahead. why couldn't you take it to do what you're talking about a Jedi Academy? You could do the same premise that I threw out there for Lando. Yeah. Last yeah. Week. Definitely. You could have Hamill, old Hamill, mm -hmm. be telling yeah, be the tales the of Framer. Yep. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Oh, that'd be amazing. Wonder it's, years. Wonder years. Everything. Put, put him back. <laughs> Put him back on the island with the goddamn Porgs and Tsoka or somebody's coming to hunt him down yeah. and they're telling tales of the Jedi Tome, you know? That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. You could do all of it. Yeah. The journal Yoda of ghost. the wills. Ghost Yoda. Him and um, Ghost Yoda telling stories. Yep. So fuck yes. So so let's let's use that kind of anchor and hope for okay. the future to bring an end to the season and the episode. There was hopefully most people saw it without having to be told. But there was an end credit sequence on oh, a half hour, yeah. well, 45 minute episode, right? So I knew, uh, somehow I managed, even though I waited for, you know, three and a half, four days to see the episode, I managed to literally stay unspoiled aside from knowing that there was an end credit sequence, which I would have seen anyway. But, yep. but so what, tell, tell me what you saw, DJ, okay, and how so, it made you feel. Yeah. Uh, this one, so the, the thing with this was, the unfortunate thing about this end credit scene was that even though it was cool, I was legit, like, emotionally drained. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. we've all said before, I get overreattached to fictional characters, especially for an almost 40-year-old man at this point in time. Yep. But I was so emotionally just, just like, just destroyed. Yeah. I couldn't even process what had happened. Mm -hmm. So, you, um, credits end, and you see the two sons of, tat of the planet Tatooine. Mm -hmm. It pans over the left, and you see Jabba's palace. You see Jabba's palace, which you're what like, "What the hell?" Oh, and they go into Jabba's palace, and you see the the one character people have been saying has been missing from the comics, and the shows, and the uh, movies, and the toy lines, and everything. Yeah. You see Bib Fortuna, 
look who, a little uh, bit fat. Who don't want, who, to be yeah, fair, yes, don't... he was under quarantine. Clearly, there's a <laughs> pandemic on Tatooine. He's yeah, been he's sitting in the palace trips by eating. the look of his neck. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, Good. It, it almost looked like Jabba was sitting on top of Bib Fortuna. Yeah, on his neck. Yeah. So if anyone doesn't know who Bib Fortuna is, if you watch Return of the Jedi, Jabba has like an advisor, uh, advisor a Twi'lek advisor with very pale skin who's got that like wrap around slug dick wrapped around his neck. The head penis? That's him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the head, yeah penis. head penis. Yeah. So you see fat Bib Fortuna, which is funny because like, in the special editions, Jabba is not as the size of Jabba, but then in Jedi, he's this well, giant, giant thing sitting on yep. the throne. Yep. So Back Bib in the day, Fortuna, he could actually move a little, you know. Yeah. He Jabba could got yeah, out he, a little and, bit. Yeah, Solo took walks walk with around. Han Solo and shit. You know, exactly. So they show Bib Fortuna, who is a, a skinny character in Jedi. Now that he's on Jabba's throne, he just sits around and eats all day. With so he's gotten fat too, which is kind of like a it's a fun little kind of yeah. like callback. Yeah. Um, so they're in Jabba's palace. You see the Gamerinian guards. He's got the Twilight slave chained up, just like Leia was. All the whole nine. Yeah. Very, very cool imagery. Fennec comes in and blasts everybody. All the you know his right. Weequay guards, everything. Yeah. And then both. Why did she step on the grill? Why did they both step on the grill? I was like, that's not a good thing to do. Well, I mean, the Rancor was. I know the Rancor is gone, but still, but he could still go yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, but um. I think they did just because you're waiting for it to happen. And yeah, it never exactly. Does. It's, it's keeping tension. you on the edge. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Free tension, right? Exactly. Free tension. <laughs> Literally just walk here and that'll hook them. So then Boba Fett comes down and, you know, Bib Fortuna's like, oh, Boba, I thought you were dead. I just... And boom, he blasts Bib Fortuna, <laughs> yep. throws him off the throne, throne. <laughs> yeah. kicks him down, yeah. and, and takes down. the Conan pose. Yeah. Right? They do the Conan, yeah, yeah, the barbarian thing. And uh, it says Book of Boba Fett coming December mm -hmm. 2021. So. And, uh, and and uh, what's her name? Fennec with the blue glowing liquor, just kind of lean up, yep, like lean on, yep. like total pose. Like this is total, yeah. you know, like poster comic book pose because they just killed everybody. Oh, no Why part. the hell would he sit on the throne with now, her next to him, looking well, out? Well, because yeah. now Boba Fett runs all of the organized crime in on Tatooine and on that part of the galaxy. Yeah, but so so, so here's the question. Yeah, very. I dropped my pen. Um, <laughs> Interesting question, because I didn't think about it until Chris brought it up last night when we were talking. So they have the Boba Fett. Sh yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, no, wow. good point. I said something. <laughs> so, well, and, he, we'll and he listened and remembered. And so so here's, we'll here, here's, here's where we're at with this whole Disney show thing. So they announced the book of Boba Fett. What is the book of announced. Boba Fett? They announced. They put the title, Book of Boba Fett, book of Boba December Fett, 2021. Next year. Yeah. Boba Fett was obviously not a show listed on the slate they did at the investors meeting. Right. So this could go one of two ways. Either the book of Boba Fett is going to be a separate series mm -hmm. with Fennec and Boba Fett mm -hmm. or Din Jardin and the child have gone their separate ways. Mm -hmm. His story could be over for now. The mm -hmm. book of Boba Fett could be Mandalorian season three because the show's just called the Mandalorian. It could be any right. Mandalorian. Boba Fett technically exactly. in armor wise exactly. is a Mandalorian. Exactly. You if could do a year of Boba. Before uh -huh. going back to Mando and Bogatan's dance over the dark saber, before you coming could. back to the child in year five, you could. I mean, so or here's Mandalorian. I mean, Mandal right? Yeah, he can. He can come or, to like it, it's all there. You're wait, dead on, right? But if you go away and you use Boba, and you can make his period of time on Tatooine as long as you want, yep. yeah, him running organized crime because clearly there's not many people in Jabba's palace anymore. You know, the hanger-on yeah. aren't there. Like they use, yeah. there's no party. Um, right. 
what's to say when you get to episode or season four that it's not five years in the future? Yeah. And the yeah. child's now completed his training. Nothing's Mando, to say anything. It's, you could no, do no rules. any of that now. Yeah. Nope. Yep. But here's the big question. You know, so obviously so far, you know, with Mando season one and two, I think the consensus is even with like the the negative internet people, is that this show can do no fucking wrong. This show is mm. glorious. Yeah. Glorious. Yeah. Does Disney and Favreau in particular have the balls to do a season of Mandalorian with no Grogu and no Mando? Yes. I think they do. right now I think they're going Grogu's, to Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. It's like well, it, it's let me, just gonna be interesting. Let me Remember, put it this way. You pointed at Grogu can Grogu and Luke can can be a be completely show. different show. You've already cement all you need is him to pop up somewhere. I mean, yeah. you've already cemented Grogu as a character. Yep. And you've already made look, a billion dollars off of merchandise. Look back oh, at yeah. how much I mean, before the cartoons or any of that stuff, Yoda was gold stamped just based off of what we saw out of the movies you know yeah it's so i don't think it's oh here we go dance party sean does this and i hear pen pineapple apple pen in the back of my head he's doing some pico terror in there <laughs> pineapple sorry pen. it's almost the end of the hour and i haven't got long in. Pen. at least i didn't turn off the camera i'm making you watch it there we go I like it's so uh, he put his face in the frame at least like we're kind of at waist level Oh, good Lord. Yeah, yeah, work it. Yeah. I am not throwing a dollar on the stage for this dance. Fuck that. I need to see a little skin. Oh, oh DJ's, DJ's ready. A single. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. It's done. I made it rain $1. There we go. There you go. So yeah, so in, in closing, this, the season was excellent. Um, this the, the arc over these two seasons has been excellent. And the fact that you know, they are going to play with the the old toys as much as they want. It just yeah. gives me so much hope for all these shows going forward. Um, it makes me really hope I'm going to get Wedge Antilles in that Rogue Squadron movie, even if yeah. it's like the old retired general or I something like that. I think you will. I hope so. Oh, God, I hope so. My- I'm, I'm, I'm literally not going to wear the Rogue Squadron jersey until that movie comes out. I'm going to keep it nice and pristine for that, for yeah. the launch day. December 23. Very excited, so... Yeah, it's important to keep the arcing ropes off of it. You don't want to get any stains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It at least streaks if you don't clean it correctly. So, so, um, so I'm going to throw yeah. out one before we go to top three. Yeah, yeah. All right. There's one big one that's still out there. Now, we're losing the old guard. It seems yes. like on a monthly basis. I know. Yes. There yep. is one big boy that's still out there that you could theoretically bring into one of these. Do you yes. ever think they could get Harrison to come back and play a bit part in any of these. I think you could get him to come back and do like, you know, your, your kind of thing, your, your Daniel Stern voiceover thing. Mm. If you wanted to continue that, I mean, the Han Solo movie didn't uh, work out too well, even though it wasn't bad. If you want to continue that <laughs> series, I think you could get something going. Uh, yeah. But, but, well, so let's, let's talk about what we do have, right? I mean, obviously here we had Luke, you know, CGI, younger, whatever, but, we have an end to Solo's story as well. He's killed. But there's also the context that the the latest three movies set, right? You've got Ben Solo. You've got his marriage to Princess Leia. You've got an implied yeah. family history and events mm-hmm. that have not been touched, right? We really have no clue, right? Ben's yeah. path. I think, you're, I, think you're, you're, I think even right now with Luke coming back at the end of Mendo, you're still a few years away from Ben Solo even being conceived. So you exactly. have some time to fill in. Of course. So, so, right. So 
whether it's Alden, Heinenreich or whatever, you do have room. In fact, I'd almost say I, I need it now that they're wading into this time period and showing that the, our characters are part of the universe still, you have to tell me the story of Luke, Leia and Ben Solo. So, so whether that would involve some role for Harrison Ford in voiceover or something else, I don't know. I can see him being like I mean, totally willing to do it, but also not giving a shit right either way. He doesn't need yeah, money. He's always a, t- he's yeah. a tough nut to crack, you know? Yeah. He's, he's always had a weird relationship with that character. Yep. I mean, he's on record wanting to get killed off in the first three. Yeah. And the only reason he agreed to come back is that they were actually going to kill him off. Yeah. In this one. In, in the but then he surprised money. you in the last one. Yeah, and yeah. The, I mean, the bag of money's nice. He's been set for it depends. life I, for years. I think yeah. he has a. I think he has a good relationship with J.J. Abrams. I don't know if he, he like he's yeah. knows Pharaoh, so I don't know if they could pull that he off. He has a know? good relationship with Lucas. I mean, he's they are doing another yeah. indie, so they that's could. True. And, that's and, true. and Favreau and, and Filoni have been very uh, much. I from what I've read at least have got have you know. George Lucas has been like, hey, look what we did. Yeah. What do you think? You know, they, so yeah. like they're keeping Lucas involved a little bit, though he can't touch nothing legally, but it's just it's more right. like a respect thing. So so one of my interesting points there is I assume that it's possible to do it if you have the right case, right? Yeah. Um, certainly there's money to do it or whatever and willingness. But but in a world where you could lose Mark Hamill or Harrison Ford at any moment, any what's your production approach to that investment, right? If if you you know, if you want to do it as a framing thing, then you better write your freaking framing structure, give yourself some options and record it in one fell swoop. Do it swoop. now. Yeah. You do need- it now. Exactly. Right. And so that would be something I would be focusing on is how can I give myself enough editing and content, right? Just pay those guys, not for a specific series or whatever, but write a bunch, you know, give a bunch of writers, a bunch of creative room to write a bunch of things and then both record the audio and do it while you've got them in some kind of costumes and a quality green screen environment or whatever, so that you have their faces recorded. You could, you know, just make them read and record as much content as possible and then create it in in post and writing as you go. That's, that's what I would do, right? That's the long game. You can, and it's respected. It's smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah. You can create any of that stuff on green screen with CGI. Oh, the voice and the performance is the big thing. I mean, did you see the shots that were posted out there? I think um, Ming posted one. I think Gina posted one of the girls on the ramp coming out of the shuttle. Mm -mm. The only thing that existed in that shot was a ramp. ramp. They're just sitting on a ramp. The rest of it was everything else was built. They've gotten. Like the Luke's face aside, you know, they've really gotten that join between the real and the the non-real but photo real stuff. They've really started cracking it. I'll point out the dark troopers still have problems, but they made it okay. You know, it's, it reminded me of the Cylons on Battlestar Galactica and the, the more recent one where they're yeah. very mechanical. They're very – now, in this case, it fit the dark trooper, you know, mythos and and – reality but it also allows you to still cover some of your you know motion capture animation sloppiness yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it doesn't matter. The the show was the season was amazing. The show oh, was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like if I saw John Favreau walking down the street, I'd run up and probably get arrested. I'd just bear hug him. No, like, I'd I'd be pulling the the Wayne and Garth. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. We watched so that good. last night. Made the kids watch it. They oh, weren't Road, huge nice. fans, but nice. uh, I liked it. Okay. So um, I told Sean he had to pick top three this week. I picked one. I like it. I I told you you had to pick one. Hey, at least yeah. this one, the last one you picked. As you started to write the stuff down, you started negging on saying, this is stupid. Why do I want to do this? So I like the fact that you're at least happy about this one. Uh, me, yeah. me too. You're right. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, last, last week's was a special kind of torture for me oh, that I caused so myself. so miserable. You, you put it out there and then you immediately Which I still don't understand. Like, I, it, I still don't understand. Just we pick a hamburger it. you like to eat. Right. But it, but it had to be a limited one. Right. I know. So, yeah. All right. So. So yes, the one I picked this 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 week was actually based upon largely Chris's sweatshirt that he's wearing right now, which you can't see. But why don't you tell us about it? Why why do you have it? What does it mean? So this is a sweatshirt that um, Mark Bernardin had been promoting. There's um, oh, embattled Fat clothing on um, Fat, Man. Yeah. Fat Man Beyond. Fat Man Beyond, exactly. Fat Man Beyond. Let's see. Only Kevin gets to call it by the wrong name frequently. <laughs> um, where a clothing company that he had been buying things from fairly regularly and blowing up online actually reached out to him and let him create his own little Mark Bernardin universe collection. Right. Um, as of today, there's only a couple items out there. He has these cool t-shirts that have, um, it's very much a Star Trek feel. It says resistance is fertile, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then a quote that Mark's used multiple times in the shows. Um, the sweatshirt just simply reads, be humble, but let a motherfucker know. <laughs> it's, or let motherfuckers know, I should say. Let me right, yes. correct it here. Um, meaning? Meaning, basically, hey, don't don't puff out your chest. Don't, don't be going out there and bragging, but make sure that other people know what you're worth. Make sure right. they know what right. you're bringing to the table. And there's a way it's to do it without- It's humbleness with confidence, not exactly. ego on your sleeve. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need to be out there tooting your own horn for people to understand your worth. So, so obviously I love the phrase, uh, I said earlier, I'm not gonna, you know, that's not a shirt I'm going to be comfortable wearing. Motherfuckers is probably not a phrase I'm going to have on my chest anytime soon, but I love if the If your daughter sentiment. already says it, it doesn't matter. Well, that, that's true. Um, I love the sentiment, love Mark Bernardin and, uh, his, his life perspective and the way he talks. But what it made me think of is that we live in this really cool time where, kind of production of content, but also things on demand, small run production has just more and more become a thing. You can get a custom phone case, you can get a custom anything. And we have a lot of, over the last 20 years, we've had the fortune and, and the, the disposable cash to spend a lot on mm -hmm. custom t-shirts or these little novelty things, you know, various t-shirt companies run, you know, run off a couple hundred shirts at a time. Um, and so the top three suggestion was, you know, top three kind of novelty or short run, you know, items or pieces of clothing that, that, you know, that you've bought, not even top three, just three of them, right? That type of thing. Um, okay. So uh, did you guys come up with any honorable mentions? Yeah, I get two. I did. All right. I've got, I've got one. So I'll, I'll throw it out there. I mean, I, I actually... You know, like you said, there's a little unusual for me. Usually I struggle 
whether I come up with the topic or not, to remember anything, much less three plus. Um, in this case, I knew I had plenty, but I, I hit four and, and stopped. So the honorable mention is uh, just a mashup t-shirt I bought a while ago. There used to be a company that did a new one every week. I forget what it was called. Um, but they were doing it like 15 years ago. Um, and it was just a novelty thing only for sale for, you know, for a few days and then they do another one. Um, and, and this particular one is just a mashup design, pop culture mashup. It has a TARDIS on it and then it has a DeLorean that has just hit it. Right. So the front end's dented in, there's a little smoke and I don't think there's even any text. It's just the idea that, you know, two time machines collided presumably you know, presumably while traveling through time. And I loved it because Doctor Who, Back to the Future, but also this meta commentary of of time travel and things I like and, you know, something in the past. It's not licensed, right? It's not, uh, you know, the Doctor Who empire certainly didn't put it out. Back to the Future folks didn't bless it, but it doesn't matter. Somehow it got sold and I bought it and was able to declare some fandom. So that's... An example of when I started buying these sorts of things. Excellent. Very cool. Um, I actually came up with a few honorable mentions. Um, a mm -hmm. couple of them are more just overall categories of things rather than one specific thing. One, I know we kind of, DJ, we talked, we're stepping away from any of the jerseys or anything like that. But I think sure. we need a shout out for the Buddy Christ Christmas sweater. Just oh, a yeah. random one-off yeah. that people have yeah. talked. I mean, that's a character that they could have tapped years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. came up. But I saw I saw a fan of the podcast, uh, Canadian Peter, aka Marcus Zimmer, mm -hmm. wearing one. He was wearing um, it in the picture yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Was that on the Zoom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, did. I will be a wearing one on Christmas. Yeah, four color demons uh, holiday Christmas ant party on Zoom the other night. Uh, I wore the pink bunny suit. It was awesome. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, in terms of like categories that I was thinking of for honorable mentions, one is just any of, and this will be near and dear to DJ's heart, any of your fictitious sports jerseys. Yeah. You've had a run in the last few years. And the one that jumped into my head was, and I've come so close to buying it a few times is the Chico's bail bonds baseball <laughs> Jersey. But I mean, yes. you can go, I mean, be it, um, any Willie given Beaton. Sunday. Exactly. Shane Falco. You have all of these available Waterboy. at your fingertips now. Yeah. Waterboy, um, what was the uh, the Will Ferrell basketball movie? Oh, the Tropics, semi-pro. The tro you can get the Tropics. The Jackie jersey. Moon. Jackie Moon, exactly. You can get any of Black these. Or... You can get the Hickory High jerseys from Hoosiers. Um, so any of that's kind of something that, and it is, it's something that's disposable income for somebody to want. Hey, I love this movie as a kid, so I'm going to go drop yeah. 150 bucks on what is an authentic Chico yeah. Bail Ponds jersey. <laughs> um, and the other honorable mention I had, and this is more of a category because I think these people have nailed it more than, they've actually made an industry out of what Sean was talking about. It's the Barstool Sports guys. When you're talking limited run, one-off kind of things that happen for a week or two, you if to you see it- now, you can't even get the shit. You have to buy it when you see it. They're only making 500 of them and then they're done. That uh, that fucking one bite Christmas store was sold out in thirty five seconds. I it's couldn't get crazy. it. It's crazy. The one bite stuff. We started watching the pizza reviews with Harley. That's what made me think about it. Yeah. And Dave, being Dave, um, Prez tends to swear. Anytime Prez would drop an f bomb or something like that in the pizza review, immediately sorry, kid show, 
and then he would move on. And they made a black t-shirt that said kid show <laughs> across <laughs> the front of it that Harley wanted in the worst way because it just made her laugh and it disappeared. It was gone in two days. Yeah. By the time yeah. I thought to go buy it, it was never sold again. So all of the Barstool Sports merch. Yeah, that's great. Cool. So Myra mentioned it's kind of more a broad stroke kind of thing. So, um, you know, you guys talk about the mashup stuff. I'm a huge sucker for mashup stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, all the independent artists, you know, you can find, yeah. them on, you know, T-Public, I get them a lot from, you yep. know, the folks at T-Public. Um, Redbubble, Etsy, yeah. you know. But yeah, T-Public in particular, because that's where also you can push purchase your fan band podcast. And, that's right. Uh, or your The Chris Davis fan Or your The Chris Davis t-shirt. Fuck Brought yes. to you by fan men. Yeah. But um, they do like. There's a lot of cool stuff. Like, you know, I growing up, we didn't really have a lot of video game stuff. I was a big video game player, but you. Mm-hmm. Didn't, but now you have all of these video game crossover shirts. Like I have yeah. one where it's um, you know, it's it looks like the Mega Man selection screen, but it's Shang Tsung in the middle and all the Mortal Kombat guys, yeah. or it's mm-hmm. the Enter the Dragon poster, but it's all the Mortal Kombat guys. Or yeah. I have yeah. one that's Marty McFly, um, hitting the uh, Mario block and a hoverboard's coming out of it and just that's stuff. Cool. Like, you know, I like all that kind of cute cool. shit. And obviously all the. Yeah. All the stuff you can get crossed over with the Disney stuff. I have a bunch yeah. of Kevin stuff. I have like a uh, the incredible Bob. It looks like the cover of Hulk number one, but it's it's Bob and stuff. And, you know, just yeah. I like all that kind of shit because it lets me wear as much multiple of my favorite yes. license things, which we all know yeah. I have a ton of. Yeah, all at once. So give me all of the mashup stuff. Well, and, that, and that's that's why I think this is such a cool space because yeah. it's an area where we as fans of pop culture win. Right, as we do, do artists right. who can you, you can create something exactly. Make a few bucks off. You of get it a cool T-shirt. They get a couple ducats right. out of it. It's, it's and, everybody and wins. Maybe you only sell it to yeah. twenty people, but you can express yourself, get some reward for it, and just put some coolness out in the world. Um, so, so yeah. funny thing that you kind of covered video game crossovers, DJ, because that actually takes me straight to my number three. Excellent. Um, so. Obviously, this is somewhat Kevin Smith related. Uh, we have this the Smod Castle, which is opening on the East Coast, but that started with a small black box theater in I don't know if it was Santa Monica Boulevard or something in L.A. Yep. I never attended a show there, but once on a work trip on my way out to the desert, I hooked up with Matt Cohen um, at Camel Toad, who was you know kind of the the guy who helped manage and and put that together and run the shows there with Kev. And, and I said, Hey Matt, I, you know, I actually bought some tickets just to support it, but I couldn't actually stay for the shows, but he's like, Hey, you want to come, you know, I'll, I'll show you around the place. You can at least go in. And so I, I, you know, got to see the place with him and then they had some merch. And so I bought, I bought a shirt there that is a Smod Castle t-shirt, but it's made, it, it's adventure, the old Atari adventure game. Right. Mm-hmm. So, which, you know, the original Atari adventure game with the dragon and the little square holding a sword. And then the portcullis is the Smod Castle portcullis. Right. So the, the, you know, awesome. barred door. And so I love that because, I mean, I, you know, I played adventure when it came out. It was the hugest thing in the universe. It was so fun, even though it was so graphically stupid and, you know, lame, um, it still was fantastic. And so I have a Smod Castle Adventure t-shirt. I I don't wear it that often. And the people that would see it, they might recognize Adventure. Almost nobody would recognize Smod Castle, but it doesn't matter. It's like you said, DJ, it's, I can wear 
a combination of things that I'm at the intersection of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the perfect mashup, right? It's an intersection that draws, instead of just a point of your interest, it draws a line which tells just a couple more dimensions about you than a normal licensed product would. That's my number three, Smodcastle Adventure Shirt. I like it. Okay, um, my number three is actually something that was very niche for a while, um, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden morphed into mainstream, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. When I bought my first one of these, it was one of those things you actually had to go hunting down because you would yeah. see it if you were wandering around theme parks or just out and about, and you'd be like, oh my God, that's a cool t-shirt. Where the hell did you get it? And it's going to be somebody near and dear to my friend DJ's heart here, and it is the Bill fucking Murray t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Start to see, then it goes back, what, seven, eight years ago? The chive, chivery would start. I didn't right. realize at the time where they came from, but you would see these random t shirts out in the wild of just a white yeah. Bill Murray head, a very distinguished, right. yes, very refined, yeah, like very he's posing refined. for a portrait, yeah. Bill Captured Murray head on nicely. these t shirts. Oh, it's spectacular. Yeah. And it was. When I first started seeing these, it was just so random and out of place. Like, who the hell is putting Bill Murray in a suit on a t-shirt with no other context? It's just right. his head. You it's don't just need it. fans of Bill Murray. And it was one of those things that went hunting around the internet, finally found where to get one. And now, I mean, they have a whole separate cottage industry of just Bill Murray stuff out sure. there. But it was that random one-off t-shirt that then Which is ludicrous. Spawned. Right. It's just strange. He, we were talking about the chive coins before. He has his own money. Yeah. It all started with yeah. Bill. Yeah. I mean, they do re releases <laughs> exactly. of his stuff, holiday stuff, and now it's morphed into all of his movies. I mean, they have different images of him, but it all started with that one, one image, Banksy esque, like almost like yeah. a graffiti image of Bill Murray on the t shirt. So that's, that's number example. three. Awesome. Okay. So my number three, it's a, it's a, it's a, old Chris Davis 3A, 3B. <laughs> um, two items that each come from uh, websites, one a little bigger than the other, but both of them are something that not everybody would recognize, only like the certain people would. So Chris had brought up the guys at Barstool. Uh, so mm-hmm. my 3A is the old uh, Barstool Roger Goodell Cloud Nose t-shirt. Oh, oh yes. yes. Still in rotation. Um, Classic. Yep. Along with the golf it was, towel. It was hard to get for the longest cover. time, but now yeah. it's... Yep. Now it's become like a greatest hits kind of thing. And it's just, yeah. it's, um, you know, being where we're from, it's, uh, it's kind of like, you know, you fly the flag a little bit when you wear it. Like, yeah, fuck you. It's, it's become part of pop culture. Um, it's kind of the fabric of pop culture. You've seen it in the middle of the pandemic. That image has been retconned to make fun yeah. of the mayor of New York. There's de Blasio. Yeah. It's, I haven't seen that. It's yeah, the thing they use that. Exactly. They use that core image to now make fun of other people. Yeah. It's, but it's a very big part of like the oh, New England Patriots mythos kind of. And oh, yeah. it was, you know, it was a, uh, it was kind of like a rally point for like, you know, that, la- that, you know, that last set of Super Bowl runs. Yeah. So that's huh. one. And, uh, the three B is, um, you know, buddies of ours, uh, Ming Chen and Mike Zapsik. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the, uh, little studio down in New Jersey, the podcast studio shared universe. We've, mm. you know, Sean's been there virtually. Chris mm-hmm. and I have been there and recorded, yeah. um, some of their gear, they have a hoodie that they put out. The uh, very thin shared call. universe layering hoodie. One of the greatest hooded sweatshirts ever. Uh, it's great spring fall. Um, it's almost like a quarter zip without being a quarter zip kind of. Where you can just throw it on. 
and um, it he's good. They've done two batches. They sell it real fast. There's a very small batch, but and it's one of those things where no one knows what it is unless you know you're like one of us or like you know Stu Greenberg or something like that that's been there. But uh, it's just a one of the most comfortable pieces of fabric I've ever wrapped around my body. So <laughs> it is. The thing's awesome. amazing. It's amazing. It awesome. Um, were you talking about that has actually uh, seismically shifted my list a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that's awesome. So, so like with a geologist. that, yeah, you're a geologist. Um, Seismic. you made the earth move for me, DJ. Um, so you guys so need now, a room. I can step out for a bit. No, no, no room. Have a moment. We like, we like to be watched. Um, so <laughs> All right, hold on. So I have, Word. I now have a, <laughs> I have a Chris Davis 2A and 2B. Fuck um, yes. All right. So 2A. Just a, a great classic mashup shirt. You guys might have seen me wear it a few times. Um, it's a graphic that looks like Mount Rushmore when you look at it. It says Mount Awesome Galactic Monument over the top of it. And then the four faces that are carved into the mountain are Captain Kirk, Malcolm Reynolds, Adama, and Han Solo, right? So it's four captains. Um you know, four different franchises, uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek, Firefly, Battlestar Galactica, and Star Wars. And so, you know, like we were talking about, it captures four different things that I love for actors that I, you know, that I love. So that's a fantastic one. And then kind of in a little smaller, uh, uh, you know, market space, my 2B is... I have a hoodie that I've worn a bunch. Uh, like you said, one of the most comfortable things I've ever put on. Uh, it's the Pinball Twins, which are these really strange characters created by Brian Johnson and Brian Quinn from Tell Him Steve Dave. Uh, strange, cheesy, pinball-playing, uh, ac- New York-accented, or I don't know what the accents are. Um, but Yeah, very Staten you know, Island. Yeah, but nobody that looks at it like... The number of people who have any clue who or what they're looking at is incredibly small, but I wear it a lot because it's so comfy. But then on the back, there's a giant, you know, red circle with a slash through it, giant, and in the middle of it is a goose, no gooses. Yeah. Yeah. And so people see that more often than the front and are like, what do you have against gooses or ducks? And that just relates to, they call people who are lame gooses and they say we're, you know, no gooses. Um, So- the perfect example of this type of thing. It's something that is so specific, yet is created. It's a high quality garment <laughs> and, you know, captures something about me, whether or not anybody else recognizes it. <laughs> That's awesome. Excellent. Okay. Um, my number two, again, something that now you can buy, mass produce and find on websites, but I stumbled on this. You're such a hipster. You the were there very cruise. Oh my fuck. Yes. That's what I do. Trendsetter Chris um, Davis. <laughs> we were, Heather and I were on a cruise and I want to say this was in like the port of Belize or something like that. Like one of those straw markets where you find all kinds of random shit that you don't know where it was made. Yep. And they're trying to jack you ridiculous prices for something that was mass produced in like, you know, Malaysia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Something like that. But on one of those stands, um, I purchased my first double deuce t-shirt that somebody somewhere had started manufacturing double deuce. For those who don't know, Sean looks clueless. DJ not. Yeah, I don't is the fictitious bar from roadhouse. Oh, I was roadhouse. a massive, massive oh. roadhouse fan. 
And, and DJ still wants to be Dalton when he grows up. It's basically Han Solo in a bar, for Christ's sakes. You know? He's trying to be nice until it's time not to be nice. Uh, exactly. Always wanted some kind of a piece of merch. Just fell in love with his t-shirt. Not the best quality. It's exactly what you would expect to get from one of those places. But I was just delighted to have a t-shirt from the Double Deuce. And now you can find these things. You This was before Tee Public, before any of those yeah. places. I think Barstool yeah. even had their own version. They did they a did, run think, last yeah. year of like fictitious bars. And they did the Bada Bing yeah. and the Double Deuce and all these clubs and bars from shows. But yeah, I love just it. Put a huge fictitious smile on brands and places are just awesome. And back then it was a universe. And now it's kind of loved as the cheesy classic that it is. Yes. Yeah. But not as many people connect. Oh, where's that place? You know, yeah, I don't remember the name. It's it. been so long. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. So, Excellent. Deuce. Excellent. Okay, so back up into mashup shirts. Um, so, obviously, I've said before, I'm a, I'm a huge Muppets fan. Massive <laughs> Muppets fan. And growing up, I don't think I had anything Muppets. There was no, like, you know, They Muppet didn't sell a lot. They didn't have right? anything. Yeah. And especially if you got any even sniffed Muppet stuff, it was always just Kermit. So I yeah. don't think it's current, but my favorite Muppet is the Swedish chef. And you never mm. saw Swedish chef stuff. <laughs> so, so there's a, there's a, a pair of t-shirts one is mine and one is one I got for the kid back in the day. Yeah. So mine is the Starbucks logo with Swedish chef in the middle. And it says, stir Berkshire curfew, like cur- coffee, K-E-R-R-I. And I wear it to Disney all the time and people... Love, Love it. it. Like, I get it's stuck awesome. all the time with it. Sturbrook's curfew. Dude, Sturbrook's curfew. And then the uh, the one Athena has is, though, my kid's a hockey goon. Yep. So I got a, it's a, it's a black t-shirt, and Swedish Chef's just outlined in gold, and he's holding a hockey stick, and it says, bork, 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 and has a little 77 on the bottom. <laughs> nice. And she, like, when she grew out of that shirt, it took years, because, you know, oh, she's yeah. so small. It, yep. it, it, it That one hit her pretty hard, because she loved nice. that thing. So That's yeah, awesome. so I'm going, my Swedish Chef mashup T-shirts. Perfect, very cool. <laughs> All right, so we down to number one. We are. Mm-hmm. So, so my number one was not on my list. I I don't know how I didn't think of it, though. I think it's because it's a little close to home. There's no question that my favorite piece of unique small market clothing is my the Chris Davis shirt. Um, I started writing it for you even said it. Yeah, it it just yeah, he just took a bow. Um and all all credit for that goes Thank you, to yeah, Stephen <laughs> yeah. Gris, Canadian Jesus. Uh, but but it not only is it capture a fandom, right? Obviously I'm a fan not only of my friend Chris and our time together in the podcast here, but also a fan of the Chris Davis character that we create. But also it brings home not just my fandom of Steven, but also one of the best memories of the last several years was Steven, he made, right? It was a one-off shirt. He wore it. He brought it to our house and dropped it on us in the, were we recording? Was it? Yeah, it was right like before mid- we started. He yeah, came down like, to record. Yeah, yeah, and and so, how could I not have anything? Right, there's still the back of my iPad is a giant the Chris Davis sticker. I have my own T-shirt um, of the Chris Davis. He brought stickers to Red Bank wants- for Harley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, and Harley he's created images. Like it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. He's created the Mona Lisa Chris Davis, the money surrounding rich. Chris I really Davis. the oh, right. 
the Million Dollar Man might be I my love favorite. That one. As much as I yeah. like the Thanos one. Yeah. So obviously couldn't not pick that. Thank you, Steven. You prove the point of how wonderful a magnificent bastard to be fans. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Chris? Interestingly enough, um, my number one shares some similarities in the image to your number one, <laughs> just in the overall pose. Um, and this kind of ties back to DJ's Roger Goodell, the whole yes, thing. Yes, so I know it. Yes. They came out with this amazing t-shirt after the Patriots won their last Super Bowl yes. of Tom Brady in Jersey as Thanos wearing the gauntlet. Yes. That it just rings. perfectly captured New England as the big bad, the tie into the geek fandom and the whole MCU. And the um, rings of power gathered together. It's the whole theory of it's inevitable. They always joke <laughs> that you just couldn't get rid of these yes. people. It's I And what mean, happened next? Decapitation. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Which was done though. Now he now he became Florida man. But <laughs> it for that moment in time, it just kind of perfectly captured everything about the team, what other people thought of the team and the region, the fandom, the the whole inevitability, like how many seasons we went into saying, eh, it's probably twelve and four. Maybe I can't see him winning any less than twelve. Yeah. I, I really don't see maybe, you know, the whole like the cockiness ancient history. Everything that came in, not really that ancient. You know? It's not I that far removed. Yeah. But it's just the whole, it encapsulated that entire 20 year run and the misery. And yeah. it put a smile on my face watching the bills again last night when they showed division <laughs> winners. And the last time they won was 1995. <laughs> and there's only been what three coaches not named Belichick yep. that have won it in the last 20 something <laughs> years. Yeah. Yep. It's like Dave Wanstead. And I forget the jets won it one year. Uh, maybe thought they had one who won it the year they the dolphins won the year brady got dolphins hurt. won yeah in 2008 we still was qualified in any other year with that record oh someone won in 2002 2002 we only went nine and seven yeah okay <laughs> but yeah that was the perfect Excellent. mashup of yep all my fandoms nice. in one spot yep love it Okay. DJ, bring us home. My number one is uh, there's a company called Geeky Jerseys. They yes. make uh, pop culture hockey jerseys. Mm -hmm. And even though I have a ton of them. Yes. And there's a ton more I want, but I don't have. Uh, my favorite one I think they've ever created is my Millennium Falcons hockey jersey. Yes. Uh, nice. The color scheme on it is gorgeous. It's some of my favorite colors. It's like a like a camel tan color in navy yep. blue and silver and red. And yep. The Falcon logo is awesome. It says Han Solo on the back. Yep. Oh, you can put anything you want on it, but... Yep. Um, just it, it fits me like it was custom made for me. Like they sized me up and cut the fabric specifically yeah. for me. It, the colors are gorgeous. It just it's an excellent hockey jersey, and I love hockey jerseys. So yeah, and that 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 gets to something I think Chris has touched on it too with the other jerseys. I was really just thinking like t-shirts and cheap shit, but but there you've got the ability to spend your money on something that is not just great symbolically. But it's such a nice piece of gear. Yeah, this thing is. I mean, these oh, things yeah. are a hundred bucks, and they yeah. feel, they're like NHL authentic. They jerseys. feel like two fifty. Yeah, yeah, they're all sewn on. Yep. I'm sorry, like I was looking at the list last night. They had the Santa Claus one, the the Knicks, the Saint Knicks. I wanted to buy, and mm. they have a Battle Cat one. I'm dying to get my hands on. I just gotta, I gotta budget for it. I gotta buy it for it's gone. You know, yep. but I have like Star Wars ones and GI Joe ones, and it's just like mm -hmm. 
I'm just waiting until you get the Disney NFL licensing deal. You can start doing Ooh. some of those. You see the helmets all the time, or the Star Wars helmets or things like Yeah. You see them oh, yeah. trying to do the mashups there often. It's usually some oh. artist online posts, here's the helmets for all 32 teams if they were Disney characters or if they were Star Wars yeah. characters. I love yeah. that stuff. There's amazing. a market for it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so Sean Great. had his Smod Castle Atari t-shirt. Uh, the Space Captain's shirt and also the Pinball Twins hoodie. Mm-hmm. And uh, his number one was his The Chris Davis Thanos t-shirt. Chris had the Bill fucking Murray Chive t-shirt, the Double Deuce t-shirt from some little guy in Malaysia, and the <laughs> Tom Brady Thanos mashup shirt. Tiny hands. I, ha- I had the Good Old Clown Nose t-shirt slash uh, the Shared Universe hooded sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Swedish Chef mashup shirt, Sturbrick Securfee and Bork Bork Bork. And number one was my Millennium's Falcons hockey jersey from the fine folks at Geeky Jerseys. That's awesome. Sweet. So went a little long, but I mean, that Mando season was just, I mean, I could have talked about four hours for four yep. hours about that show. I could have filled another Mando season talking about the Mando season. And we kind of glossed over the Skywalker fight scene. We didn't talk <laughs> we about did. a lot of the little, I mean, we kind of blew right through that. The force the crush. of dark troopers. We did, yeah. Yeah. And like, we didn't even bring up Ahsoka in the season either. So it was just, it's, too much. Rich, so, rich, rich. Mm. Yeah. So I promise next for anyone who made it through this one, no <laughs> Star Wars next. We'll do we're gonna do um like a we'll do Christmas. something like holiday related. Christmas, yeah. We'll get it done. We'll have it released after Christmas. We'll get that done. And then we'll figure out something cool for New Year's. We'll yeah. kick some ideas around or something. Yeah. But yeah awesome. So thank you everyone for listening. I like it. Uh follow us on Twitter at Fman thirty seven. Uh shoot us any ideas you have. Please subscribe where you get your podcast and uh, leave us some reviews. We'd appreciate it. And um, one day we'll do more videos, but follow us on YouTube also. Awesome. Thanks. Have a good night, everybody. Later, guys. Bye.